You're listening to Wise Women Speak with Linda Pritcher and Lana Bastianucci, where we give voice to the wisdom in women. If you'd like to reach us with your thoughts about the podcast or you're interested in coaching, please contact us at hello at wisewomenspeakpodcast.com. Hi, Linda. Hi, Lana. We're here in studio today with Andrea Kukulka. Andrea is a healing medium. She's studied metaphysics for nearly 30 years. She holds three different Reiki master certificates and freely communicates with what she refers to as the other side. Welcome, Andrea. Hi. So um, I wanted to take a minute to read something that you wrote about yourself. And, um, and then that could start our conversation because I thought this was absolutely fascinating. I began my metaphysical journey as a child. It all started in my dreams. They were bright and they were clear and they were vividly coming true. Something was going on and I was still in denial about my gift of mediumship. When I could no longer ignore it, I sought a teacher. One teacher became many teachers. Every step of my journey has helped me to find my voice and now I give a voice to the spirits of those who have passed on. So I'd like to start by just your illuminating that, what mm-hmm. happened early on that led you ultimately to this mediumship that you have today. I'm second generation. My grandparents all came from Greece. My parents were brought up pretty strict. So when this started coming to the surface with me as a child, I was taught no. No, that's not real. So I put it away. But then in my 20s, my dreams were coming true. And it was, um, I act, it actually was bothering me because I would wake up knowing that the phone was going to ring the moment I woke up. And I would know exactly who was on the phone. I would know exactly what they were calling to talk about. I would know the exact words. And that was freaky enough. But then I was seeing accidents. And then two days later, that very truck that was in the accident was on a flatbed driving right in front of me. So not only was it happening, it was it was reminding me that, hey, this happened. Take a look at this. This is real. You can't escape this anymore. I wanted to ask you about metaphysics. Mm. If you could define that for our listeners. Metaphysics are things you can't really touch. Things that are, even for me, hard to explain. We can't explain a lot of things in life, right? It's all about energy. It's, um, I like to say that I, I tap into energy and metaphysics is a lot of energy work. Energy is malleable. Energy can be moved. It can be released. It can be changed. But what we do with it is, um, it's solely up to the practitioner really, you know, and, and the metaphysical part of it first comes in trusting your gut and deciding how to approach whatever it is you're going to do. I call it energy work. And I call it energy work because, yes, I have three different master certificates in Reiki. I also have this and that and the other thing. And you pile it all together, and I've got quite a toolbox. So I use all of it. 
So I call it energy work. Now, when I'm working on someone, I, the first thing I do is I get into, I physically put my hand into their aura and I feel the aura, which is the energy field above the body or around the body. And I look for hot spots, cold spots, tingly spots, spots that feel like there's a void, um, anything that just doesn't feel like the rest of the body. And I work on those spots first because quite often there's a block in the body and a block will often feel like, um, like thick air. It's like when you walk into a room and you know you don't want to be in that room. Yeah. It might be one person, it might be three or five different people in there that you just don't jive with. The same thing happens in the body. There's that energy that you just don't jive with. So the healer goes in and the healer changes that energy. Ultimately, all healing comes from love. Without love, there is no healing. Healing is love. That, I think, is the basic explanation of how healing work works. And I think that that works for most modalities. And there are many modalities. But I will honestly say, I believe that we're all healers, no matter what we do. I mean, think about how great a hug feels. How often have you tested your child's fever by just kissing their forehead? Mm -hmm. Everything has a vibration. Energy vibrates. Some people have a lower vibration. Some people have a higher vibration. And I want to raise the vibration. And ultimately, I don't want to make anybody's vibration any higher than it needs to be. I want to balance the entire body so that you vibrate the same in all the meridians of your body. To keep us in balance is the most important part of what I do. And that makes so much sense because it speaks to the individual. It's all right. The individual right. body, right? Yep. yep. And yet we're all part of the much larger universe. Hashtag right. we're all connected. How do you fold in? So I don't want to call them abilities, but your <laughs> ability to see aura, to see spirits that no longer have a voice. Does that ever fold into when you're healing? Oh, it's constant. Yeah, it's on. Um, I have to make an effort to shut it off. When I say go into a room of family gathering, a meeting, networking groups, if I don't shut it off, then um, like when, especially mediumistically, I'd get bombarded by you dead peeps all the time. I can't hear them all, all the time. It would make me crazy. I don't like to shut my healing abilities off though. Those are always on. I can go into a networking group or something and see that somebody's in pain. And sometimes I don't even tell them what I'm doing. And I'll just touch them on the back for a minute. And sometimes they'll say to me, wow, your hand's really hot. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm warm. <laughs> but that's, that's when the Reiki turns on. My, hand, my hands get really, really warm. And... Sometimes I'm just making them more comfortable. 
Sometimes I'm taking away a physical pain. Sometimes I'm taking away an emotional pain. And the emotional is what causes the physical pain. So what you were just saying about how you can go into a large gathering Mm -hmm. and you have to kind of shut off this sense that you have of being able to connect with people who've passed. Mm -hmm. So what is that like? People that are still in grief and they come to me, it, it can be very healing. They need to hear from their people one more time. They need that one more hug. Or they need to know that their children are being cared for by their parents who have passed on. Quite often, that comes up in a reading. So if a woman comes to me and she's sitting at my table and her dad or her parent comes through, quite often they'll say, your youngest child, they may even name that child, is going through something and don't worry about it. I've got it under control. I'm taking care of them. They're okay. So often, the parent, the one that's sitting in front of me, is beside themselves with worry for their child. And it's so helpful for them to know that that child is being cared for by their parent. So actually what you're saying is that when you hear from people who've passed, that they're often actively engaged. Oh, yes, they are. In the life of the living. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that continual, or do they come in and out, or? It depends. Um, most of the time it is continual. Quite often they come in and out. I will tell you this, and for all your listeners, know that you are never alone. If you ask somebody to show up, they will be there. And they're so happy to be there for you. They're so happy to be of service for you. That goes for your people that have passed on, your your family, your best friends, your loved ones. And it's amazing how many times someone who is a friend of a friend comes through to say, hey, you need to have more fun or um, go check on so-and-so. Go check on the mutual friend. They need your help. So say somebody is, is thinking, well, I haven't had anybody close to me that I had a, a regular relationship with that I loved, that mm-hmm. loved me. I've not had somebody pass. So they may be assuming, well, there's nobody on the other side looking at out for me or helping me what what do you say to that there's always somebody and quite often there are grandparents and such that you never knew they have quite the view oh god (laughs) (laughs) you teach mediumship is that right yes as you're teaching people do you um, point them to listening to something, listening to, say, a voice in their head? How, how would their first manifestation appear? It's different for everybody. Okay. Some people hear literal words. Some people feel the conversation. Those are the two biggest ways that it comes in. If you're hearing words, very cystic, very loud, very precise words, 
there is no way that you can deny that. I find that the biggest skeptics hear the words. And that's how you know it's not, I mean, that's how I started. I was a skeptic and I would hear words loud and clear. I had to admit that it was real. Because early on, you were really, you were probably struggling, it sounds like, to deal with your parents telling you one set of things, mm-hmm. and then what was really going on in you. It's funny, because as a kid, we rely on all the adults around us to tell us who we really are. I am living proof that if you don't believe in yourself, you will play small forever, because somebody else wants you to be just like them. There's nothing wrong with that, and I'm not judging that. But if we don't decide who we are, we just won't ever be comfortable in our own skin. How does one know that on a deep level? Yeah, that's the hard part. I was fortunate enough to start meditating in high school. And I rely on meditation a lot. I would have my doubts and I'd go into meditation and I would just sit and wait. You know, they say that prayer is talking to God. Meditation is listening. So I would sit and I would wait and I would listen and I would listen and I would listen. And I would get my answers. If I if you go into meditation with a question, you'll get your answer. Now it's up to you to accept the answer when it comes and to not deny it. It's interesting. I I just happened upon an article about um, some diaries that World War I soldiers had written. The soldiers were writing in their diaries about seeing and experiencing spectral ghosts. Certainly one account was the soldier was in a trench and he was awakened by his brother Steve who had passed away two years earlier. And his brother just kind of went, shh, you know, don't don't say anything, just follow me. And he followed him and then his brother disappeared and then right after that, his where he had been blew up. They're sort of looking now at these diaries and taking into account, well, what is this? This presence that none of them could really tangibly point to but they felt it and it was probably a population who would be skeptical that's right right. yeah they would not have been in that world of exploration prior to ending up in the military and in a trench in the middle of a war right so that makes it more extraordinary i think and more to what you were saying about being a skeptic and then having an experience exactly. for yourself. Yes. I think we've all had those experiences to some degree or another. And I guess it's whether you allow them in, you allow them to play a part, or whether you right. close them out, right? That's As your family was trying to do to you early on. Ask your angels, ask your guides to be an active role in your life. I need some help. I need I need you to be with me. And they will help you. They will guide you through it. They'll they'll come. They love to be asked. Is that their role? Yeah. It's not like they've signed on for it and it certainly isn't work for them. Mm. It's joyous. It is part of their joy 
they love to watch us grow. They love to watch us succeed just as they did in life. But only now it's even, it's amplified. It's magnified because here on earth, we have our own self doubts and our self judgments, which cause, oh, they wreak havoc on us there where they are now. All of that human messiness is gone. So all they are is love. Can you give us an example either in your own life or a, a client or a friend's life of how listening to those who have gone before has made a specific impact or in what they were doing or a situation that they were in? I have two partners that I work with. One of the girls, she saw that I was online and she sent me a message and she asked, how soon after our loved ones have passed, can we reach them? And I said, you mean like your dad? And I didn't realize that he had just passed two days prior. And we chatted in the chat for a minute and I said, come on over. He sent her to me. He was a driving force in the partnership we now have put a brick and mortar to. This ended up in your creating a holistic center. Can you tell people about that? We have created this Center for Holistic Healing and Art, and we do a lot of healing work there. If you had to have one message that you've heard over and over for us here on the earth plane, what would it be? What is the message? So much of today's depression. Most of the depression is coming from people feeling so desperately alone. And they want us to know that we are really never alone. They're right here. They're listening. They want you to feel their love. And since we talk about wisdom, you know, the wisdom in women, tell us about the wisdom of the people who've passed. Well, first, you have to be willing to listen. They will always open the doors for us. People don't like to admit when the door has been open for them. And there's a certain degree of fear that keeps us from stepping into something new. When spirit opens a door for us, it is quite often to go in a different direction. It is quite often to do something new and different. The human pulls back from that. So spirit will open another door, find another way to get you to where it will serve you best. The human will often pull back again. Spirit will find a window. They will always find another way to get you to what is in your highest and best. Whatever it is that is in your highest and best is what they want for us. All of us, all the time. That's their job. That's what they do for us. And it's all done in love. Yeah, and as you said early on in your own words, that you're giving voice to those who've passed on. So if people would like to get in touch with you or come to one of your events, how can they reach you? The website is holistichealingandart.com. Thank you very much for coming in and talking with us. I do have some more questions. Thank you so (laughs) much for having me. This has been great. Yeah, our pleasure. Until next time, Linda. Bye for now, Lana. Bye. You've been listening to Wise Women Speak. 
If you'd like to hear more, please visit us at wisewomenspeakpodcast.com. Find us on iTunes or anywhere you listen.